today's Leading Women episode 437 with the wonderful Sharon Nutt. Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Podcast your passion. Yes, did you know you can podcast your passion, make a difference, and make money talking about what you love talking about? That's how I get to do what I'm doing, talking to wonderful women every day. Here are today's leading women. Want to learn how I did it? Go to podcastyourpassion.com. That's www.podcastyourpassion.com. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Sharon Ginnett Ipel. Sharon Ginnett Ipel is the CEO and founder of La Isha Skincare Products that manufactures and sells their own award-winning line of beauty and wellness products for women over 40. Sharon is passionate about helping women over 40 recognize and achieve their full potential. This was the inspiration behind the creation of La Isha, the first green all-natural company dedicated to women in the prime of their lives. As a recognized expert in beauty over 40, Sharon believes that no woman should have to endanger her health to look beautiful. <laughs> she is the creator of the Myth of Cosmetic Safety, a program she developed after losing her best friend to a six-year battle with breast cancer in 2010. So, women of the world, Ms. Sharon Ginat Ipel, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Marie. Thank you for inviting me. I am delighted to have you in the show, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So, Sharon, I really love what you're doing with your business, especially with La Isha. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, you know, the what equity, the knowledge and experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you, and I want to provide that conduit, you know, that bridge between you and our listeners. So here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment anytime about them, but these are just general questions I have in mind. So let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and idea behind that niche? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you mentioned, Laisha is an award-winning line of natural and organic beauty and wellness products that are designed specifically for women over 40. So right now we have a skincare line and we have a specialty standalone product called Breast SOS uh, that supports the health and beauty of the breasts and decollete and a new line of personal aromatherapy inhaler blends. The, the idea behind all of this um, actually is quite personal. You know, they say that most uh, creations occur due to a need that you have personally yourself. So if you've ever looked in the mirror and felt that your skin was aging faster than you are, or that the way you look on the outside is on total disconnect with the way you feel on the inside, um, or when you go shopping um, for cosmetics or skincare, um, and notice that most skincare companies market the same products to 50-year-olds as they do to 20-year-olds, 
Um, and then you buy them and you're surprised when they don't work. Well, <laughs> how could they? Your, your skin doesn't function at 45 the way it did when you were 25. And I noticed all of that. And I'm, I'm very aware that we live in a society that's youth-oriented, where women are willing to do or buy pretty much anything that will make them look and feel younger. And I think we tend to be very short-sighted as a community and use products that contain toxic ingredients, even if we know there's a chance they might endanger our health. Um, and, and that's just as we strive to look better and feel younger and fit into this youth-oriented society. There are more than 123 million women in the United States between the ages of 35 and 64. And the over 50 age group is now the largest growing segment of our population. There is um, a nonprofit organization based out of San Francisco called the Breast Cancer Fund. I don't know if you're familiar with it. They examine the environmental costs of breast cancer. And they put out a report stating that the average woman absorbs about five pounds, pounds of toxic material every year from the stuff that she applies topically to her skin. And that's because somewhere between 60 and 70% of everything you put on your skin finds its way into your bloodstream. That's how uh, nicotine patches work and um, pregnancy, uh, I mean, hormone patches and um, if you've ever gone on a cruise, seasickness patches. So the skin is very permeable. So if you think about this number, five pounds of material a year, then by the time a woman is 30 or 40 or 50, she already has a very significant accumulation of toxins in her system that could potentially cause all kinds of health issues as she ages. And because of this, I decided to connect with this demographic. I, I felt that there was a need for safe um, yet effective personal care products that address the special needs of women who are either perimenopausal or fully menopausal and need to look their best. And, and that's whether your objective is to successfully compete in the job market against um, younger counterparts or avoid the synthetic ingredients that now have a documented link to breast cancer or, or just look your best and fight premature aging in a way that won't endanger your health. So unlike the, the top mainstream brands for anti-aging, the ingredients that Laisha uses are recognized by the FDA as safe. Um, and unlike lab-created synthetics, the benefits of using them actually increase over time with long use. <laughs> so I, I hope that sort of answers that question. Mm, yes, I love the story that you just shared with us of how your business came about, how the idea came about, and how you birthed it to what it is right now. I mean, it's, it was a very personal experience to you. And now uh, it was staggering research that you just shared with us, the statistics that you shared with us. I mean, five pounds uh, a year of toxic that we have in our body as a result of using this uh, commercial products or synthetic products in our skin. And I agree with you. I, it was so scary when I learned about this. And so I have to start, we have to start removing all of those, uh, those uh, toxic products that I use on my body as well. So I love that you have this niche out there that you're providing a safe and effective alternative for us women, uh, that are, are a, lot, a whole lot safer and effective than other, other products out there, especially in terms of the research that you've just shared, the statistics that you shared 
shared with us about breast cancer. That's really scary. So thanks for you and your company for providing us these products that are safe and effective. But what continues to inspire you doing this business? Um, you know, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, before I had children, I had two very successful and lucrative careers. Uh, but when my youngest child was born, I became a stay-at-home mom out of necessity. Um, one of my kids was born with an assortment of uh, life-threatening health issues. Uh, he had to be resuscitated twice before he was four months old. And it required round-the-clock care. So basically, I did what any loving mother would have. I, I gave up my career to stay home and take care of my child. Um, eventually, uh, my child did recuperate. And at age 52, after 20 years of marriage, I was blindsided by an unnecessarily nasty divorce. So after 15 years of being a stay-at-home mom, I did not have the updated skill sets that I needed to support myself and my children. In fact, uh, during the divorce, a career counselor that was mandated by the court told me that it was statistically most likely that I would hit the poverty level within six months of going it on my own. So in addition to being shell-shocked and really hurt after having devoted so many years of dedication to my marriage and my family, I was suddenly also in danger of becoming a welfare statistic. So of course I went out and search for jobs in my previous uh, field, which was high tech. And anybody um, who's been in high tech knows that within six months, um, it, if you don't have any supplementary education, you're obsolete. And on top of that, I quickly discovered that age discrimination was very much alive and well for women in midlife. So even though I had a very impressive resume from my previous life before children, and I was met with great enthusiasm by all kinds of companies that were eager to have me on board, no one was actually willing to pay me a part-time wage of over $12 an hour. And this was in companies where I would have felt like I was providing adult supervision. Uh, I remember pulling the car over to the side of the road after one interview in particular and just crying my eyes out. I had no idea how I was going to be able to support myself and my children. So while I was job searching, I started to research and write a book about the irony of midlife divorce and what happens to women afterwards. And in the process, I interviewed about 40 different women. Um, it, it soon became very clear that I was definitely not an anomaly. There were so many women like me who were struggling under similar circumstances. And I knew right then and there that I wanted to help them, which was kind of ridiculous <laughs> because I didn't even at that point know how to help myself. Um, during the course of the interviews, I discovered that quite a few of the women I spoke to had taken out loans that they really couldn't afford to have facelifts and all kinds of other invasive rejuvenating procedures, thinking that if they could look a little less shopworn, they might be able to compete more effectively for better paying jobs against their younger counterparts. At about the same time that I was going through all of this, one of my children had an accident um, that involved illegally used agricultural chemicals. He was at a summer camp, and um, the injuries threatened to leave him permanently disfigured. Um, 
So to make a long story short, we took a leap of faith and decided to use uh, something called clinical essential oil therapy to treat his burns instead of traditional burn therapy. And it paid off in spades. So it only took about four months for second-degree burns to heal completely without leaving any scarring or dexterity issues, and we sent the results into the AMA. And you can see pictures of this on our website. So it was after this incident that I started thinking about clinical essential oil therapy and wondering if anyone had ever tried to use it um, in skincare products for women who were dealing with, you know, the signs of cumulative sun damage and premature aging. So I went back to school, I took classes, I did research, and um, I studied with the same MD who had treated my son so successfully. And about three years later, I introduced the first of my products, uh, Breast SOS, to the public. Mm, what a beautiful story. I was so hooked into listening to every word that you shared. What an inspiring story that you shared with us of how you birthed into we, your company and what it is right now based on your experience, based, based on the challenges that you faced. Wow, what a beautiful story. Lots of takeaway there. But I'd love for you to share our listeners what are some of your top three personal qualities that help you become a successful entrepreneur that our listeners can learn from? I think uh, one of the most important ones that was really specific to that situation was the ability to channel my anger and my indignation and turn it into something positive and productive. Um, I am the offspring of two Holocaust and concentration camp survivors, and they taught me the importance of standing up for myself and others when I see an injustice. So I learned that whenever I'm truly unhappy with a situation, I need to muster up the courage to do something about it instead of just complaining. The, the second um, trait, I think, is perseverance. Um, I received my undergraduate degree from the Juilliard School in New York, where I had the honor of, of going to school with many outrageously talented musicians and actors and dancers, and I very quickly learned that perseverance and dedication can easily trump raw talent. I think that nothing guarantees failure like the inability to discipline yourself and stick to your goals. And I think the third uh, was the ability to put my ego aside, something else I learned in Juilliard, um, to objectively deal with mistakes and to be able to roll with the punches. You know, if you lose your head every time there's a crisis or feel that everything has to be perfect in order for you to forge ahead, you won't learn a thing and you won't get anywhere. Will Rogers has a, a wonderful quote. He said that even if you're on the right track, you will get run over if you just sit there. <laughs> and that really resonates with me, especially on those days when I'm tired and feeling a little, a little bit beaten up. Mm, all right. So that's ability to channel your anger to a positive one, perseverance and dedication, ability to let your ego aside. I love that quote that you just sh shared with us. Uh, even if you are on the right track, you'll be run off if you just sit there. I love that. It really speaks volumes. I love that you shared that one with us. And the good news is that these uh, traits or these qualities that uh, Sharon just shared with us, we can all cultivate and adapt them in our lives. Now, let's talk about what happened when you started your journey as an entrepreneur. You know, as entrepreneurs, we face daily challenges that define our being. And to get to those challenges takes a very special person. And our audience wants to know that special person in you. So 
what have been your biggest challenges building your business and how have you addressed or overcame those barriers to your success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today? You know, Marie, I think there were there were a lot of them, but I think the two most significant ones, uh, one was, uh, to reiterate what I said before, learning to put aside your emotions and move past them and deal with what has to be done. Um, you know, when I went through that divorce, I was 52 years old and discovered that I didn't have the time to fall apart because I had custody of my children. So I had to just put my anguish aside and deal with the situation at hand. I had a friend who told me there'd be plenty of time to cry later. <laughs> Um, and my children will tell you that two of the things that I preached to them while they were growing up were, number one, when you're feeling sorry for yourself, go out and help somebody else. <laughs> and number two, when you think that something is impossible to do, remember that the impossible just takes a little bit longer to accomplish. The, I think the other major challenge I face, and I'm still facing, is learning to concentrate on what's essential in getting your business going and not getting sidetracked. Um, I tend to be an information sponge and I can get lost reading in all the wonderful articles that people send me in my emails. This can actually be suicidal to my health because I am a kamikaze and I will stay up as late as I need to in order to finish my work. But truly there is very little time for me to digress and go off on a tangent if I I'm going to efficiently grow my company. So I installed a couple of programs that tracked how I spent my time on the computer. And when I saw the results, I worked out a schedule to help uh, me allocate time for everything that I need to get done in the course of the day. Otherwise, I find myself constantly putting out fires instead of managing my business proactively. And, and that's been a huge challenge for me. Mm, I love the lessons that you just shared with us with these challenges that you have experienced. And the good thing is that when we are um, sharing our experiences, our challenges, and how we're able to overcome them, we'll learn from each other. So thanks for sharing those because lots of takeaways in those challenges that you have shared with us. And on the note, I'd love for us to switch gears for a little bit and talk about work-life balance. You know, being a business owner myself, maintaining a work-life balance is so crucial to overall success in life. Now, the challenge with entrepreneurs is how to click on and click off and create the work-life balance, particularly if you have a family juggling many roles. So in your life as an entrepreneur, how do you maintain this work-life balance and what are some of the ways that you accomplish this in the areas of your health, your family, your relationships, and your business? Well, you know, Marie, I've got to admit, maintaining a good work-life balance is definitely not yet one of my strong suits. Um, I still have a lot to learn. It's very easy uh, to work a 19-hour day when you're passionate about your doing, especially, you know, when you're wearing a variety of hats and you're not yet in a position financially to maintain a full-time staff. Uh, but I'm learning to pace myself, and I realize that there will always be more work than needs to get done, uh, that needs to get done than enough time to do it in. And I, I think it's kind of like doing the laundry. You know, how, no matter how many loads you do, by the end of the day, there's always more wash to be done. So I'm learning to pace myself and call it quits at a reasonable hour because otherwise you're no good the next day. Um, I try to meditate at least once a day 
usually right before my business day starts so that I can get some clarity and perspective about what needs to be done. And I am, um, I have, you know, two grown children, so they're not with me all the time, but I do have a puppy (laughs) and I'm very grateful to Neo because he reminds me very enthusiastically when it's time to take a play break or go potty or go for a walk or get a snack. Um, I think the other thing that I do for myself, uh, probably I try one day on the weekend um, because I love movies and, uh, you know, like to, I find it to be total escapism for me. So I have been known to stay in my pajamas a whole day on the weekend and binge watch everything (laughs) I can get my hands on. Um, I try not to turn on the computer or return emails for 24 hours so that I, my batteries have an opportunity to recharge. Um, as far as relationships go, um, my children and I are very close and they really are my sanity. Uh, we usually talk by phone. We make time to talk four or five times a week. We meet for dinner on the weekends and we text each other um, throughout the day. It keeps me grounded and it helps to remind me about the truly important things in my life, you know, that I'm, I'm more than just an entrepreneur. I'm a mom who's blessed with incredibly loving children. And I think the last incredibly important thing that keeps me sane is doing some form of exercise daily. And it doesn't have to be, you know, the hour and a half workouts I did years ago. It can be nothing more than taking a walk or stretching or getting on the treadmill for 15 minutes. I find exercise to be critical for brain function and for releasing stress and maintaining a good attitude and good health. So whenever I'm feeling frustrated and overwhelmed, I do something physical and it always helps. Mm, I love that. I love that you shared that one with us. It's one way of looking at exercise uh, as a stress reliever and that you look forward to it because you feel good afterwards. Those endorphins that are released by exercising really helps us be in a good mood, be in a state of of real um, uh, peaceful, uh, relaxed, um, energized things because I feel that way too. And I know that when I don't do it, I feel so sluggish. So learn to incorporate physical activity Activities in your life, in your business, uh, in your day-to-day life as well, in your day-to-day activities. And yes, meditation is a big part of my life as well. The one that I learned over the last uh, three years uh, and I've been doing it and it really helps me with my focus and productivity. But the bottom line is to really make time for those that are important to you. I think that's what work-life balance is, making time for those that are important to you. So thanks for sharing those tips that we can all uh, learn from and apply in our lives in terms of this work-life balance. Now, I'd love for us to talk about success and what success means to you. Your business appears to be financially doing quite well, and with that success flows into other areas in the entrepreneur's life. Now, would like to also say that success is a mindset. I can have $10 in my pocket, but my mind feels like a millionaire. I feel great about myself, and I'm moving forward. The opposite way will be a multi-billionaire and be totally miserable. So am I successful? Financially, yes. Individually, probably not. So in your journey as an entrepreneur, what does success mean to you? And what are some of the benchmarks that you use to measure your success? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think that those benchmarks and the definition of success has changed to me with, with the evolution of my company. 
I think in the long run, ultimately, success for me um, involves being able to take time off without worrying that things will fall apart and financial security because we do a lot of work with the breast cancer community and extra revenue translates directly into my having the ability to donate more time and more products uh, to women who are in need of help and cannot afford them. My, my dream is actually to open a destination location for women who are in midlife who would benefit from sort of a retooling and a reevaluation, if you will, whether it's to figure out what their current interests are, um, which you know often gets submerged uh, with family and relationships, and maybe be able to give them grants to help them go back to school for additional training, or offer uh, a head-to-toe physical makeover that will give them an edge in the job market, or help counsel them so that they can rediscover who they are as people after years of raising a family or sacrificing their own careers in order to support a spouse or take care of elderly parents. So right now I measure success by how many women I find out I've been able to help. Um, I get emails and letters from women who very generously share their stories and testimonials with me about um, how my products um, and my talks about the myth of cosmetic safety have impacted their lives and helped them embark on a path to self-discovery and empowerment. You know, Lysha doesn't advertise, so we rely on word of mouth to make people aware of what we have to offer. So the more people I hear from, the more I know that we have been successful in reaching those women who would benefit the most from what we have to offer. Um, The second benchmark for me, again, and this is unique to where I am right now in my business, is the number of repeat customers we have. It's one thing to get an order for a product, you know, one time. Um, But we have many loyal customers now who've been reordering our products on a regular basis since we first introduced them five years ago. And this tells me that our products... um, continue to be effective over time and are being integrated into a woman's daily routine. And I find this greatly validating, you know, and it makes me feel that all the pains that I have gone through and will continue to go through to create and expand my company have been worthwhile. Hmm, I love your perspective on success. You know, success being able to take time off without being murdered and uh, um, achieving that financial security to be able to continue helping more people, to be able to contribute to the causes that you want for yourself, for your family, for the community. I love your take on that because I truly believe also that's the true essence of success, being able to help others, being able to extend uh, contribution to other people that helps them better their lives and of course, impacting other people's lives because of what we do. Uh, if our products and services are making a difference in other people's lives, I think that's truly the true essence of success. And that's what really makes us happy and fulfilled as well. So great perspective there. Now Thank I, you. You're welcome. Now let's talk about one of the highlights of our show. And that's your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be, especially to those who want to follow your footsteps. You obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience. So 
Take it back to the past, Sharon. Say you're going to start all over again as an entrepreneur and you are in a class with other entrepreneurs who are hungry and thirsty for success or even for making that first buck. What types of special suggestions or advice and lessons that you learned would you give your fellow entrepreneurs? knowing where you came from and where you headed at. And if you can boil them down to your top three tips or advice, what would those three be? Great question again, Marie. Um, I think that if money is an issue, like it definitely was for me when I started, it's absolutely mandatory that you learn how to bootstrap. And you do this by focusing on the things that are absolutely critical to developing your product or your company. I've seen too many people be lured by non-essential expenditures like um, renting a pretty office space or furnishing it nicely. I mean, that's wonderful, but it's not essential. And if you don't manage your finances properly from the beginning, running out of money during those first few years may be the single biggest problem you are likely to encounter. And I understand that that's the major reason why most small businesses fail. So I would say be prepared to start out lean and mean, you know, with no frills and expect to make a lot of personal sacrifices in order to see your dream to come to fruition. Um, I had to cut down on all kinds of expenses, personal expenses. And, um, you know, we lowered the heat in our house because heating was so expensive in Colorado. And uh, we layered up on clothing and wore coats sometimes to go to sleep. I don't recommend that to everybody, but it's what I had to do in order to make sure I had enough money to get started. Uh, I think the second piece of advice Oh, yeah, and this is a big one and very hard to do. Don't be an island onto yourself. Um, isolation can drive you crazy, especially if you're working in a home office and the only contact you have is with others by phone. I would recommend finding a group or forming a group of like-minded individuals who are willing to share their startup experiences and collectively help one another brainstorm solutions to the problems that you will definitely encounter, whether or not they're in the same field. Sometimes a fresh eye, a fresh set of eyes that has nothing to do with your field is exactly what you need. So, you know, why reinvent the wheel when there's someone around who's probably already tackled the same problem and can help you navigate it? Even if they can't help you figure out what to do, Having the emotional support of others is, uh, in my opinion, absolutely critical to getting through the rough spots. And the third piece of advice, I think, is, um, and I learned this the hard way, (laughs) as soon as you're able to, you need to figure out which of the tasks that you're doing by yourself can be safely delegated to someone else. Your time as the founder of your company is very, very valuable. And you cannot possibly do everything by yourself. So something is going to suffer. So you need uh, to learn how to lighten your load by freeing yourself up to do the things that only you can do best in order to propel the company forward. And figure out which of the things that you do on a daily basis can be delegated to somebody else to do instead of you. I think those are my top three. 
Mm, I love those tips that you've shared with us. So let me just summarize them again for our listeners. The first one is to learn how to bootstrap uh, your business if money is an issue starting on. It's really important to understand, especially for our listeners out there who are just starting out, be prepared financially. We have a cushion and start lean and uh, and then be be uh, be really cautious of what where your money money is going because that's one you know being short on cash and being short on money to start our business or to build our business is really an issue. And the second one is to not be an island to yourself. You don't have to do this business alone. Be around people. Be around like-minded people who are moving in the same direction as you that can support you, that can help you, that can inspire you because it's really important to, especially for our listeners out there who are working from home, uh, who are solopreneurs, it's really important to surround yourself with people, not just online like what uh, Sharon just shared with us, but offline and be Go outside and then and look around, find people that are in the same niche or in the same industry as you are, even even if it's, they are not in the same industry as you, I'm sure we can all learn from each other. And then, of course, number three is to learn to to be to learn how to delegate, to learn the things that are revenue generating activities you can do, and the rest that you can outsource or that you can delegate. Because, like what Sharon just shared with us, time is of an essence. So focus on those that are important to the business and to you, and then delegate the rest. Great tips and takeaways there that we can all take action on today. So I'll make sure to have those on our show notes. Last but not least, Sharon, share our listeners what's one big benefit that they can get with your product or your service, where they can get it, and what's the best way that our listeners can connect with you, and then we'll end from there. Okay. Uh, well, you know, the media has honored us by dubbing La Isha the holy grail for beauty junkies who care about their health. Um, and our products address the special needs of women who are either peri or fully menopausal, and they're ideal for anyone who is seeing a decline in the quality and the appearance of, of your skin due to hormonal fluctuations or sun damage, uh, dry skin, chemical sensitivities, um, and even exposure to chemo and radiation therapy. And we do all of this without using synthetic ingredients that could pose a threat to your short or long-term health. There are no synthetics, fillers, artificial colors, chemical fragrance, Phthalates, parabens, sulfates, petroleum derivatives. Basically, there are no known cancer-causing agents in any of our products. And we are also gluten-free, cruelty-free, and vegan certified. And I encourage you to check us out. Um, our, we have a website and an e-commerce site at www.laisha.com. And that's spelled L-A hyphen I-S-H-A dot com. Um, and also, we have a free white paper, Marie, that we give out as a public service. It lists the toxic ingredients that you should avoid in the products you use. And if any of your listeners would like to get a copy of it, um, we'd be happy to send it to you. Just send us an email at customerservice at la-isha.com and let us know. Um, you can print this out and take it with you the next time you go shopping and check it against the labels on the products that you're looking at buying. 
Mm, thank you for sharing that one. Okay, so that's the website is la-isha.com. I encourage you, our listeners, to go there now, www.la-isha.com. Check out the products that uh, La Isha and Sharon and her company are providing us, especially for us who are on, on, our, on our 40s. Uh, that really helps with this, um, the, the products that they have that are really pure, natural, and uh, that are free from those toxic ingredients that, um, that, that Sharon shared with us earlier and also to pick up the white papers that you know what to check for when you are buying um, your cosmetics for example again the link is www.la-isha.com at least be on their newsletter so you can be updated on what she's putting out there and what her company is providing us Again, the link is www.la-isha.com or you can email them as well for the white paper at customerservice at la-isha.com. And by the way, all of these resources and the links are mentioned in today's podcast will be made available in a beautiful infographic show notes at todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Sharon Ginnett Epel or just type in her name on the search bar and it will find it for you. Again, and that link is www.la-isha.com. Sharon, thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time and your inspiring story, your expertise, for being a role model to many, and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today. Women of the world, including me, appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life. Thank you so much, Marie. I'm happy to help in any way that I can. I look forward to meeting many more female entrepreneurs on the way. All right, TLW listeners, did you love this episode? Here's your chance to recommend or vote for your favorite today's leading woman. Here's how to do it. Step number one. After you listen to this episode, go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Step number two, click the rate and review button. Step number three, say that you love listening to today's Leading Women podcast. Step number four, type in the name of your favorite today's leading woman. Example, Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook, Ariana Huffington of Huffington Post, Oprah of Oprah Winfrey Network. You get it, right? Step number five, type your first name and where you are listening from. Every day, I will personally go through all of your ratings and reviews and scour the names of your favorite today's leading women. You will get to be featured as TLW Fan of the Day with your name and where you're listening from. And you'll be the first one to get notified when your favorite today's leading woman is featured on the show. Fair enough? Awesome. Go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Feeling inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top 10 resources that today's leading women use to stay at the top of their game, plus Marie's favorite today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash guide for your free download, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg.